What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. And Greece have navigated their way through the group phase undefeated. And now things are actually looking pretty nice on the road home as far as knockout uh, opponents go. So we're going to discuss that. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about Dennis Schroeder and Jordan Clarkson. They're two names that have been floated around a little bit in different circumstances. Uh, do they make any sense for the Bucks? Uh, let's have a chat about it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win And also uh, find some other stuff over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, big weekend, NFL just getting started, and Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online uh, where the game starts. And I sent you a message the other day, Frank, and I said, Our friends in Greece have taken over in this last little period as the, the highest percentage nation that is behind Lockdown Bucks, particularly on YouTube. Uh, so we have to thank everyone for making Lockdown Bucks your first watch and, or, or listen wherever you're catching Lockdown Bucks. But it's fun. It's the off-season. We've got basketball to watch. And Greece just finished the job. They got the job done today, took care of Estonia, 90-69. to 69. Only 19 minutes for Giannis. Little mini uh, ankle Tweaked there at the end, but the reports suggest. I certainly saw our friend uh, Harris uh, Stavrou was tweeting that uh, there's nothing to be too concerned about there. But another little 25.19 minute effort from Giannis. His per 36 numbers have to be looking pretty good so far from Eurobasket. Yeah, he had 25 point all in the first half today. Uh, <laughs> he, I think he had 13 in the first quarter, I think 12 in the second quarter. And, uh, you know, 41 points the other day. Luca uh, maybe upping the ante a little bit. Luca drops in 47 points, second all time in the Eurobasket. Uh, and I'll just note over the two halves from the second half of the Ukraine game when he scored 23 points through the f- first half of this game against Estonia, Giannis, 48 points over those two games. He missed one shot, nine out of 10 uh, today. Uh, made another six out of seven from the free throw line. Uh, according to Mike, have you got the minutes in 19? Yes. In 19 minutes. And then, uh, you know, Estonia hung around a little bit in the first half. I, I didn't even know if he was going to play today. I thought like, oh, maybe they yeah. might just rest him. Um, but he uh, obviously comes out and plays, starts the second half uh, with Greece kind of firmly in control and picks up a couple of charges in quick succession, goes to the bench. I didn't realize that there was anything wrong with them. And then, um eventually saw a replay looked like he not like turned his ankle but you know maybe tweaked his ankle a little bit uh his right ankle on the second charge and didn't come back greek coach asserted that well yeah he was icing his knee and stuff just because basically we put him into his post-game routine because they were up by a million points um 
so yeah, obviously, again, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of injuries, obviously, uh, an, an ankle tweak, not something, you know, on, on the very high end of the concern scale, right? But we've seen Giannis obviously turn his ankles um, a, a couple times a year and miss games here and there because of this, right? Yeah. So it's not like a, a new thing. Um, again, I don't look at this as something where you're worried about, you know, his long-term health per se. Uh, but again, you know, this is why like the first comment I always make is get through a game healthy. That's the biggest thing. And obviously not quite healthy coming out of that game, but with a couple of days off uh, Friday, Saturday ahead of the game against the Czech Republic on Sunday, seems very unlikely that Giannis won't be able to play in that game. Tape it up. That's what the Greeks are going to say. We can't blame them. Um, you know, undefeated group play. He's been playing awesome. And uh, as we were just looking at before we started recording, the bracket, I mean, pretty much an ideal break of the bracket in a lot of ways. They get the Czech Republic on Sunday. They would have to play Germany, the hosts, um, or one of the hosts uh, in the quarters, potentially. Uh, and then I think you had the longer list, Kane, but probably the most important thing is that Serbia and Slovenia are on the opposite side of the bracket. So I think Spain is the highest remaining seed that they could face in the semis and Spain, not, not as strong probably as you'd say, as they, as they have been in recent years, they still have the, uh, Hernan Bromez, uh, brothers or <laughs> Hernan Bromez's, uh, Billy and, uh, and Wancho, uh, and old hand Rudy Fernandez and, um, and I'll, but, you know, again, obviously not probably maybe having as much star power as they have had in, in years past, but they still finished top of their group too. So Spain, obviously always a threat. So, um, so yeah, I mean, again, if you're a Greek fan and slash a Bucks fan, we're all the same thing right now. Um, you have to feel pretty good about getting through that group stage undefeated, you know, some close calls, uh, in those first couple of games, but by the same token, you know, they were the better team against, um, uh, Croatia and, uh, why am I, why, why am I forgetting who they played in the other and Italy, uh, in the first two games. So took care of business and go undefeated. Giannis looks at the peak of his powers, threw down another just incredible, uh, dunk, just driving length of the court, basically against the set defense. That was the ironic part today. Just like a Superman dunk, um, among his many, among his many baskets today, a couple of mid rangers even hit like a rapid fire catch and shoot three pointer when he was really feeling himself and capped off the first half with a kind of a fast break dunk after a Custos block. That was very nice. So yeah, Giannis, everything kind of was working and tweaks his ankle, but 25 points in 19 minutes. Um, very impressive. And a, a one little fun note here, six out of seven from the foul line. He's shot over 80% from the free throw line in all four games that he's played in the Euro basket. Why does that matter, Kane? What is the significance of that? Well, the last time he went four straight games of competitive basketball shooting better than 80% in four games in a row, December of 2017. Got to go back five, almost five full years uh, to, for the last time that Giannis uh, was that consistent from the foul line. So what does it mean for the coming Bucks season? I don't know. But always nice to see Giannis making free throws. Obviously last year, in many ways, kind of turned around a, a couple of down years from the foul line. So shout out to Giannis making some free throws. And um, shout out to Greece for 
taking care of business and setting themselves up about as well as they could coming out of the group stage. Well, that's right. And if you go back to 2017, uh, just a young whippersnapper, I was over in Australia. And all I could do was dream about potentially hosting Locked On Bucks one day. And that reminds me, we just ticked over episode 1400 last episode, Frank. So it's <laughs> a few in the bank. We're on the road to 2000. Uh, we also crossed 4,000 subscribers on YouTube as well. All right. Um, so we appreciate that. We're on the climb there. Uh, more on the group stage when it comes to Greece, though, because it is just funny the way it works out. And this is why earlier in the games, the close game against Italy, close game against Croatia, perhaps not the most impressive fourth quarters of all time. That's why it really mattered. So we'll take a closer look at that after I talk about betonline.net, which is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Frank, who are the Packers playing? The Vikings, right? That sounds right. Uh, divisional rivals. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. arguably, I mean, especially given the bears haven't been, you know, good in forever. I feel like not that the Vikings are awesome, but I feel like in some ways I take the Vikings rivalry more serious than more seriously than any of the other kind of historic rivals with at least division rivals. Um, it just feels like it's been too long since the bears were, were, at all kind of concerning whereas the vikings you know they're a little have been typically a little friskier so uh so yeah crossing my fingers that the packers can pull out a win here to start the season against the uh the hated vikings yes uh definitely a rivalry matchup there and speaking of the bears on betonline.net i was just perusing perusing the other day uh, and i saw that the bears are actually a, a chance to have the worst record in the entire nfl which we love to see uh, here at Locked On Bucks. So you can find out all of your latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all uh, other sports wagering information, whether it's uh, the NBA that's coming up here, potentially Eurobasket, uh, MLB on the road to the postseason there as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so I've got the bracket in front of me. So this is this is why it's interesting. So I referenced those two games that they played, Croatia, they played Italy. They won both of those games by four points. And when we had Harris on the podcast and when we were talking about this tournament, we were looking ahead and saying, geez, it's going to be difficult to avoid both Slovenia and Serbia. And there was other results with those two nations that changed the standings as well. So it's... You needed kind of a perfect storm. But in this situation, Greece go 5-0. and They finish on top. And the poor old Ukraine, who finished second and had a pretty good group stage, it has to be said, they get Poland, but then they're going to have to go through Luka. And then they're going to have to go through Jokic if they win that game, if all the favorites win. And then you have Croatia, who actually finished third in the group with Greece. And they avoid Slovenia and Serbia uh, in, in their section of the bracket there. So certainly I think uh, this is the perfect result for Greece. And as you pointed to, Spain have been a powerhouse for a long time. It's not the it's not the classic Spain lineup, but there was no doubt from the start. The best position to be was just uh, take care of business, win all those games. And they actually got to rest Giannis against Great Britain as well. So you have to say a pretty perfect group stage, all things considered. And uh, Frank's frozen. 
Looks like Frank could be frozen here. So I'm just going to continue on uh, with the discussion here. So uh, Czech Republic in a couple of days' time, uh, as Frank mentioned, and then uh, Germany potentially uh, up next. And Frank's just sent me a message and he said his computer's blue screen. So I'm sure he'll be back with us in just a second. So Greece will uh, potentially face uh, Germany in the quarterfinals. And then you're looking at potentially Spain or Lithuania to get through the final. But I think when you look at this tournament, as a whole, the big picture is that you really, there are three guys in this tournament. Of course, uh, Giannis is one of those. But when you have uh, Nikola Jokic and you have Luka Doncic, there is three guys in this tournament, if you're any nation, that you know that they can absolutely tear apart your team. And we've seen it. Doncic has been scoring his 40 points. Giannis has been scoring... Uh, he's 40-plus points and scoring at, at just an incredible rate so far. So I think you have to look at this as the perfect scenario that Greece have been able to avoid uh, those two teams to this point in time uh, in the tournament, and we'll see how far it takes them. But I've been interested looking at the YouTube comments to see whether people, uh, whether the Greek fans are feeling overly confident. And I think that there is a mix between the Greek fans that think that this team can seriously go all the way in this tournament. And then there is a section of Greek fans that are not as optimistic and they understand that Giannis is the dominant force. But I look at a guy like Tyler Dorsey, who certainly early in the tournament had a couple of really important games. Slukas has come into the team and been a valuable scorer as well. We saw Giannis, they were at a a game. They were at a football game, a soccer game. I'm not sure exactly where they were. But there was a photo of Giannis and he was hugging... Agravanus and Agravanus has been important and come up with some big shots at times, even if it's not the prettiest execution. So I just think that this Greek team, uh, there might not be secondary stars on this roster. And yes, the bulk of the work comes down to Giannis and what he's able to do for this team. But I think overall, when you look at the big picture, they've got nice pieces around him. It will potentially come down to the three-point shooting in these finals games. But I think as long as you've got Giannis, you have to feel like you're in a pretty good position uh, in this tournament to at least medal. And Greek fans, let me know how you're feeling. But I just look at this bracket right now. And if you can get through the Czech Republic, who will be decent, the Germany in Berlin, I think the crowd is going to be pretty raucous. But I would say, even when Greece was playing Italy in the group stage, there are so many Giannis fans. There are Milwaukee Bucks jerseys all over these arenas. The fans are going absolutely wild. So I think I think there's going to be a lot of support for Giannis, particularly if Greece get on top early in that game. And then, uh, and then yeah, you put yourself into the final four. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this goes. Now, speaking of Germany, uh, one player that I think for a lot of NBA fans, it's been a little bit bizarre that this player has found himself on the outer and without a team, Dennis Schroeder. Now, Greece might see Dennis Schroeder in a couple of days' time if the results go that way. Uh, He's obviously someone that has some history with Bud, played under him in Atlanta. But I am curious to see whether Dennis Schroeder is a guy that potentially... Finds his way onto a roster and Frank's back. (laughs) 
I, I, so Frank, I've just started the discussion about Dennis Schroeder, but I asked you a question and I can't even remember what it was anymore. And I was actually thinking to myself, I don't think Frank has ever thought this deeply about a question I've asked him on a podcast, but if he wants to speak at any point in time, but you just, the, at the point where your computer froze, you just had a really deep, you were deep in thought. And it took me a few seconds to realize that you're actually frozen. But you said your computer blue screen, which is never a good feeling. So Dennis Schroeder, are you surprised that he's not on a roster uh, based on what we've seen in the NBA the last couple of years? And of course, everyone knows the story. Uh, this was a man that turned down a significant amount of money. I think it was 80 plus million. Yeah, um, man. And and I think he he I think there was like some attempt to make it seem like he didn't turn that down. Well, you, you would. T- I mean, yes, yeah, I would be like, trying to cover I, that I, up I, as I well. I forget exactly how uh, how he tried to to like make it seem like oh like oh I didn't I didn't see I didn't see the contract. It's like, dude, man, bad bad move. Um, yeah, Schroeder's tough, right? I mean, he's a guy that Bud coached, you know, his first few seasons in the NBA, so. I think that's one of the interesting kind of dimensions for all this from a Bucks perspective. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago before the uh, before the Drew Holiday trade, wondering, you know, is is Dennis Schroeder the you know the the Bledsoe replacement back then? And he ends up going to the Lakers. I believe that I believe that trade happened before the Bucks made the Holiday trade, and I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, hmm. You know what are the Bucks going to do now, given that Schroeder just he was an OKC at the time was coming off actually probably his best season, uh, essentially playing as like a six man, uh, complimenting Chris Paul, hmm. and you know one of those interesting sort of sliding doors things. Obviously at this point, in the sense that he goes to LA, he's okay there, right? Not that I don't know he wasn't the reason they lost to the Phoenix Suns, but didn't entirely distinguish himself, doesn't agree to a contract extension, and then goes into free agency and has to eventually settle for a one-year um, mid-level deal with the Celtics. And it's like, oh, the Celtics get a steal, right? Oh, the Celtics get Schroeder just for the mid-level, right? They could use uh, a shot creator kind of at the point guard spot to, to complement Marcus Smart. And then what happens last year? Well, you know, Celtics are kind of screwing around for half the year. And then when they basically decide that they're just not going to play Dennis Schroeder anymore, then they take off, end up dumping him with the Rockets, uh, taking back Daniel Tice's contract, which was not a good contract, uh, hmm. and sort of marooning Schroeder uh, in in Houston, where you know again they said all the right things about like oh they're not going to buy him out, like oh he's going to you know compliment the young guys and well, maybe they'll bring him back next year, you know whatever, right? Um, so yeah, I mean. I, Again, after last year, I mean, we are, he already went through this once where he basically sat out for agency thinking there might be a bigger offer and then had to settle for the taxpayer mid-level a year ago. And after another year disappointment, obviously no team looked at him and said, this is a guy that, that we want to bring in. And I think the, the, probably the issues start with just the perception of him as you know a bad locker room guy. Again, there's you know a history of him not meshing well necessarily with teammates. Um, and I, I, again, could a team like the Bucks that has about as strong of a locker room and culture uh, 
be able to fit a guy like that in better than most? Yeah, I, I think so, right? I think if you brought a guy like that in with a clear sense of, hey, you're going to be a bench guy and you're going to have to compete with, you know, Javon Carter and George Hill and there's not going to be anything guaranteed. First off, that would probably be a, a barrier to getting him to to sign a contract, uh, again, unless it was really kind of, you know, there really just was nothing else where he felt like he could showcase his talents more. And, you know, at this point, he's late 20s. It's not like he's like 35 and just looking for a mid-level minimum contracts, right? I'm sure he has dreams of reestablishing himself and getting some getting paid again. Um, so again, is there an angle for the Bucks here where, you know, they can make a play for him and um, maybe he ends up being a nice spark plug off the bench? I think certainly in a regular season sense, I could see that. I think the concern, obviously, with him is just, you know, in the playoffs, uh, as bad as things were for the Bucks in the second round against the Celtics without Chris Middleton and the need for shot creation. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, in, in the village of the blind, the one-eyed Dennis Schroeder, I probably could have been of some use offensively, uh, but defensively he would have been even worse than certainly anybody that the Bucks were rolling out there. I mean, I'd say probably worse than, than Grayson Allen was as bad as, as Grayson was as well. He's smaller than Grayson, not exactly known for his defensive commitment. So, um, so he's an interesting player, just, you know, again, given his scoring ability, some pick and roll ability, but not a great shooter, right. Has had some decent years shooting the three ball, but generally has not been a consistent three point shooter. So we'll see. I think, you know, some speculation that maybe he's hoping a strong showing at the Euro basket might, you know, drive some more interest in him from an NBA perspective, but as a dice roll, I think, I, I mean, I'd be okay with it. Right. Bud, I mean, Bud knows what he'd be getting. Right. I mean, it's been a few years since he coached him, but he knows him about as well as, as any coach he's coached him longer than any other coach in the league. Uh, and I think the other upside of this is if you're signing a guy for the middle up for the minimum, which is the most the bucks could offer and which he's probably looking at regardless of where he signs, um, you know, if things don't work out, you just cut him. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, uh, and it, that's not cheap to the Bucks because of, again, the tax impact, <laughs> if you waive him and he's not picked up by another team on waivers, right. It's dead salary. But, um, at least, you know, you don't have like a $10 million contract that you have to trade because you can't waive that. So I don't want to say low risk, you know, high risk, you know, uh, or sorry, low risk, high reward. I think there's a little bit of risk. And there's probably like maybe um, a decent amount of reward, but I think it's more of a regular season one. And, you know, again, I, I don't, but that's the other thing too, is like, I don't know that the Bucks, you know, desperately need Dennis Schroeder for the regular season either. Um, but certainly his, his shot creation and ability to score would be an upgrade over, you know, the kind of the other guys that they have at those backup guard spots. And the other thing too is, you know, this is where the luxury of Drew Holiday is important. Drew can play with whoever, right? I mean, he can't make Dennis Schroeder a good defender, but given Drew's shot size, he can obviously play with a guy like that or um, or just have him as his backup. Um, and so I, I think it's been, you know, the Schroeder to me is an interesting counterpoint. You know, there's a few different guys that I think are interesting to look at in regards to this, right? We heard this rumor, and I don't, while I was blue screening, I don't know if you brought up the Jordan Clarkson rumor. That's sort of where we, think we're kind of starting because there was this Brett Siegel who writes at SI reference that the Bucks were among the teams that inquired with the Jazz after the Gobert trade about Jordan Clarkson, which is a while back now, right? <laughs> like, it's not like this is like 
oh, last week the Bucks were making offers for Jordan Clarkson. That, that was not what was reported. Um, and nobody else has reported this from everything I gather. So Bucks kicked the tires on a Jordan Clarkson deal, what, a couple months ago at this point? Um, that doesn't necessarily scream that they're banging down the Jazz door to get Jordan Clarkson. And again, very different situation than than Dennis Schroeder. I think Jordan Clarkson's better than, than Dennis Schroeder. I'd rather have Jordan Clarkson than Dennis Schroeder. But some of the same issues, right? You know, score first guard, uh, never going to be confused for a guy who's going to defend at a high level. Same concerns if you're in, you know, series against the Celtics that he's not going to be able to hold up. Um, but you know, here's the flip side. Would you rather trade, you know, at a minimum, Grayson Allen and George Hill? And I realize people aren't going to be sad about getting rid of George Hill, but I think Grayson Allen's still an asset. I would rather have Grayson Allen on my team than not on my team. So do you want to have, you know, for instance, Grayson Allen and Dennis Schroeder, or would you rather have just Jordan Jordan Clarkson, right? That's a little bit of sort of like the hypothetical trade-off, like as we play around with these sorts of potential moves here in in early September. And again, I, I'm not sold that the Bucks make any more moves before training camp, but, you know, those are kind of the options they have. And and I think then the other, you know, and, and when we think about like other potential things that they could do, I know you you talked, and I think it was just you and Camille maybe earlier in the, or you and Justin, I can't remember who, who who you were talking to when you did it, but, you know, when Eric Bledsoe was bought out by the Trailblazers, well, Eric Bledsoe is still a free agent too. He's kind of the opposite, right? Like we all know, we all know he can't be trusted offensively in the playoffs, but defensively, you'd expect him to obviously give still a much better effort than what you'd get from Jordan Clarkson or Dennis Schroeder. So these are kind of like the, you know, very imperfect options that you can weigh at this time of year. You know, do you want an Eric Bledsoe who we've seen before when he was younger and in a better stage of his career, obviously was not, you know, the guy in the answer as a starter in a much more reduced role. What would that look like uh, versus a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who's much more of that, like, you know, offensive scorer, uh, but brings the defensive concerns, or do you try to get maybe a better version of Dennis Schroeder, arguably with Jordan Clarkson, um, but have to give up stuff to get it? Again, I, at this point in the summer, I have a hard time feeling strongly about any of these things. Um, I wouldn't mind adding a guy like one of those dudes with a 15 spot, because again, it's mostly a tax question at this point, but. Um, there's obviously major reason to to not expect any of them to really be guys again that would impact sort of the playoffs, right? Which ultimately is what matters for the Bucks. Well, that's why I think it's so interesting at this point. And that's why even the signing of Javon Carter last year at the time that they did for really nothing was fascinating because typically when you're in a position where you're the Bucks at this point in time, it's like, are you really actually getting a playoff player? that's just not signed. And Clarkson's a little bit different because you would have to trade. Um, I also just think maybe it was the Jazz that said, well, we've had Grayson Allen before. We don't really... (laughs) We're we're just going to hang out to near playoff time and see if there's a team that gets desperate and and wants to give us a first for Jordan Clarkson. Who knows? But I think George Hill's health, you know, plays a big part in this story as well Um, because, you know, if he's still got a broken neck or spinal issues... And the chances are that he's not going to last the season and he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a huge difference maker in the postseason as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the Bucks want to do at the point guard position. Uh, but i got to get the hell out of here, Frank, because i get got a meeting starting in two minutes. But 
uh, I think for our listeners, and you pointed to it, Frank, George Hill has become a bit of a whipping boy <laughs> at the moment with the Bucks fans. They don't exactly love George Hill. I personally think it's a little bit harsh because he, yeah, clearly he was playing through injury. Should he have been playing? That's a big question. But let us know what you want to do at the, the backup point guard position because I do think that that's the number one spot uh, with the question now, Frank. Yeah. So tell us in the comments, slash tweet at us, slash whatever. Send smoke signals email. George Hill versus Eric Bledsoe versus Dennis Schroeder versus trading for Jordan Clarkson. Those are, we'll give those as your options. And we haven't even talked about the other Jordan, Jordan Wara recently, but I don't know. Jordan Wara floating around in the, uh, in the ether just seems less and less likely to come back, but maybe I'm wrong. Bustling sign and trade market for Jordan Wara. Did I? (laughs) All right. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast. They got you covered for everything going on around the league. And we'll be back when it's knockout basketball and Eurobasket. That's the most important point. Uh, Greece and the Czech Republic playing in a couple of days' time. Uh, as they say uh, on TV, check your local guides. Uh, I, I can't be giving out uh, all these uh, around the world. ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus in America. Your, your employer, Ken. Great company. All right. Let's leave it there. Have a lovely weekend. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days.